up your right hand wherever you are and say, God, enable me. God, enable me. God, enable me. Say, God, give me new abilities. In the name of Jesus, thank you. Let me pray. Sweet Jesus, everlasting Father, thank you. We are here because of you. We are here because of you. And that as we gather here, we will receive from you. The glory of man, the glory of humans is nothing compared to you. And Lord, we lay low just to receive from you. Thank you for the work you are doing here. Thank you for bringing us here. And thank you for your word. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. The evidence of the witness. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, 16. The Spirit. The Spirit of God. Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons or the children of God. The Spirit Himself. Now, the Holy Spirit in us testifies concerning our adoption as children. And it is my prayer that within these three days that truly the evidence of God's Holy Spirit shall be seen in your life and in my life. This theme is so appropriate and profound for the body of Christ today and the scripture is from Acts 1-8 which I'll be speaking about very shortly. Yet the background of that scripture is one of the most astounding proofs for the legitimacy of our service as Christians. The background of this scripture in Acts 1.8 and the theme for the summit is one of the most strong and convincing proofs for our service to God, our loyalty to him, and the assignment we have. Over the years, many people have projected themselves to be the panacea or the solution to the troubles of humanity. From years long gone even till today, people have carried themselves about as if that they hold the solution to the troubles of humankind. And most of these people even founded religions. Some built cults and they led people into terrible behaviors. None of them lasted. Some of them were thrown out by the legal things of the, of the, of the day. And some of them were defeated and overpowered by sickness, death, disease, and affliction. It's interesting to see those that present themselves to offer solution to humanity 
being overpowered by things like sickness and disease. It is on the bedrock of this that I look at other religions and squint at them and their leaders who, for whatever experience or epiphany they had, started those religions and they had their date of birth and they had their dates where they started their ministries and they had their dates where they died but have no date of resurrection. And so we see that we are surrounded by followers, witnesses, messengers of different ministries, religion, which are a reflection of their master and the work he came to do. Yet among these masters, yet among these pioneers of true religion, we see every one of them being overcome by things that humans had no strength against. But you can look at the founders of many, many, many religions and realize that for every one of them, written alongside their date of birth is a date of death, but there is no other information after death. Because these angels or messengers or whatever also succumbed to the power, that strong power against humanity, death. They could say whatever they want, but they could not overcome it. Yet one man, along these self lines of self-acclaim, also appeared on the scene and began a movement and said, I am also the son of God. Like many have come before me to claim that they are the Messiahs, I am. And true to that, he was met with so much resistance. Even his own family questioned him. And for the early parts of his ministry, he had to engage in debates and debacles about the authenticity of his sonship. And so, some will say to him, you have a demon. And they would like to stone him to death. And many, many instances where they challenged him. Even at his death, one still challenged him that if you are truly the son of God, save us, save yourself and save us. Why? That thief, regardless of how you look at it, was also trapped by the notion that no person, human person, could overcome the horrors of death. Glory to Jesus. Yet it was this man that walked on the streets of Jerusalem, born in Nazareth, lived 33 years and made such a statement. And, and in his life, there were many, many proofs. He stopped arguing with them. He stopped debating with them about his messiahship. And now the works he did testified of him. So the works he did testified of him. Everywhere he went, there were infallible proofs. 
that supported the claim that he was the true son of God. Infallible proofs. You could not argue. In John chapter 9, a man had been born with congenital blindness. He had no eyeballs, eyeballs in the socket. There was nothing there. It was not as if there were eyeballs there that were blind. He had no eyeballs there. And that is the most, that's the worst scenario I would like to paint. Scripture doesn't say it explicitly like that. Scripture says he was born blind. And everybody knew him, so I believe it was a strange case. So I want to presume perhaps he did have eyeballs because the reason why I'm saying that is that Jesus molded sand in a ball and pushed it into the eyes. So I'm, I'm trying to imagine there had to be some cavity there because there's no way you could put eye sand in a ball on this eye. It will not work. And so he had healed this man in John 9. And the, you see, the sickness of the man was so strong that everybody who saw him thought he was cursed. John 9 verse 1 and 2. John 9, 1 and 2. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him and said, That master, who sinned? This man or his parents? Now, it's not every day you see somebody sick on the street or anybody sick and you begin to think that this is a curse. So whatever was going on with the man was strange. And I believe he had no eyeballs in the socket, just putting the stories together. Now, this was the extent of the issue. And Jesus appears and proposes a solution to this. And he makes sand and fixes it in and says, go wash. And he comes back seeing. And everybody's surprised. How is this possible? And so, the resistance that Jesus was having against his declaration as a Messiah continued. And the Pharisees gathered together and called the man and said, how? Verse 27, John 9. Then, oh, 26, let's take it from 26. So they called the man and they said, what did he do to you? Somebody say enablement. What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? You see, I'm trusting God that this summit will be a constant reminder, even if it's yearly, to the church that we need some sort of enablement to be able to cause society to ask questions. That what did, when you went into that church and you came out, what did they do to you? What, what did they do? What did they do? So the leaders questioned, what did they do? How did he open your eyes? This is an impossible thing in the, in the spectrum of human abilities. Again, we are talking about the evidence of the witness. And I'm making a claim that Jesus, amongst all the proponents of religion, was able to do things which were outside the scope of human ability. One of the proofs 
to our witness will be that we have a message or we have something to deliver that is greater than any human ability could do. That is when people will listen to us. Now, and I'm building that point now. And so Jesus does this and they question the man and then he mocks them. He mocks them and says that, I told you that he did this to me. Why do you also want to be his disciples? That's what the verse 27 said. And what should have been celebrated as a great miracle for this man and his family, they continued in horror because they were afraid. Now, several instances like this, several instances but you see their attempts to get the man to be quiet their attempts to get the man to shut up and not talk about jesus failed why because verse 32 the man says something he said whether he's a sinner or not i do not care but one thing i know is that once i was blind but now i can see and then he says something in verse 32 he said that since the world began, it has been unheard of that anybody opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could not do this or he could do anything. Listen. The power of our witness resides in this conclusion statement. Since the world began, it has been unheard of. It has been unheard of. The church cannot win this end time battle doing the same things the world is doing. He said that since the world began, nobody has ever heard things that have not been heard before shall be heard from this place. Things that have not been seen before shall be seen in this house. Things that have not been known before shall be known concerning you and your family. That shall herald the beginning of the witness of God in your life. Now, several instances like this where Jesus would do something that was beyond the scope of humanity decorated his proof. As Messiah. And towards the end of his life, in Luke 19, just be following me, there's a triumphant entry of Jesus. And people had gathered, running to Jesus. And they laid their cloth down for him to walk on, the coat to walk on. Then the Pharisees came again. And I'm still talking about the evidence of our witness. And you understand why I'm saying all this. And the Pharisees came again and said that, Master, tell them to keep quiet. Restrain them from talking about you. You know what Jesus told them? He said to them, look, I'm in Luke 19, verse 39 and 40 now. He said to them that even if even if these ones keep quiet, even if you force these ones who have seen 
who have seen the things the Lord has done who have seen the things that God look at let's read from verse 37 so people understand me and those of you online who get me better too now then as he was drawing near the descent of Mount Olives the whole multitude of the people began to rejoice and to praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen the reason why the people gathered was something beyond the scope of human ability. That is what I'm trying to say throughout. That that large gathering, those who brought their clothing and put it on the ground for the donkey to walk on with Jesus, did that because they saw certain things in the life of Jesus that supported the claim that he had to be the son of God. And so they did things outside the scope of human ability and they gathered. Then the Pharisees came and they said, stop them, stop them. Stop them. Don't, don't let them confirm this. Don't let them talk about it. Then Jesus said to them in verse 40, Acts 19, that even if you restrain these ones from confirming or from giving their portion of the witness about who I am, stones will be forced to open their mouth and begin to continue witnessing or testifying about who I am. That is how strong it was that if you prevented those who are tasted of the power of God that did things beyond the scope of human ability, if you prevented them from witnessing about this power, then impossible things like stones will begin to stand and begin to give glory to God. That was how strong the Lord was talking. The emphasis of witness is in this. That you cannot restrain these ones. You cannot restrain these ones. If you restrain them, things which don't speak will now continue to speak. I pray that stones will not take our place. But this is the power of witness. That as they try to stop them, Jesus said you can't stop them. You can't stop them. They have to continue this. Even when I am not here, they have to continue this. It was against this backdrop of things that happen in Jesus' life that he gathers the disciples. I'm not landing on your topic. It is against the backdrop of all this that he gathers them in Acts chapter 1 and tells them that I don't want you to be in a hurry to go out and testify. I don't want you to be in a hurry to go out and preach. I don't want you to be in a hurry to go out and prove anything. I want you to wait. Wait because you cannot be effective witnesses without spiritual enablement. Are we at the enablement summit, are we? You cannot be an effective witness without being properly enabled. The, the U.S. Army does not send people or uh, deploy people without preparing them. So he said that I want you to wait. Just wait for some time. And wait until you are immersed in the Holy Spirit. Wait until you are enabled with power from on high. There is no testimony of believers 
birthed out of human theology that will change the hearts of you people. He says, wait until you are enabled with power from my spirit. Then, when you receive this power, in the word power there is translated ability, might, strength, skill, potential. Oh, you'll be blessed in this summit. Because you will get to know that the scope of our witness goes beyond the four walls of this room. You are about to know that the scope of our witness goes beyond the preaching of the gospel. You are about to know that the scope of our witness as believers exceeds everything we have known in church liturgies. Jesus has something in mind when he said, you shall receive power after my spirit comes upon you. And then you will become witnesses. If all Christ was concerned about was witnessing to the church, then he would have told them not to wait. He would have told them to continue. Go, go on. Go on and do what I was doing in their midst. They did not have to wait. But because he has something in his mind beyond the church, he has something in his mind beyond Jerusalem, he told them that you cannot do this even behind the work I did. You need to wait yourself and you need to be empowered and enabled to be able to do this. And as I'll be teaching you from tomorrow, you realize that this power of the Holy Spirit does more than speaking in tongues. This power of the Holy Ghost does more than raising the dead. This power of the Holy Ghost does more than healing the sick. This is an ability, a novel skill, a cherished potential that is released from heaven for a particular purpose. To be the witness of God. And the witness of God goes beyond the church circles. If he wanted them to witness in the church, man of God, there was no need for them to wait. There was no need for them to pray. Because they were already doing that when he was there with them. But what he was telling them, embedded in those scriptures, he says, you will be my witnesses. He, 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 then he said, where? Witnesses were in Jerusalem. Did he stop there? No. Then he said in Judea. Then he said where? In Samaria. Then he said where? In the ends of the earth. These geographical locations that Jesus listed, inside them were hidden coves. These were not just mere places. This, as it indicated an expansion. It indicated growth. But they also indicated an increase in resistance to the witnessing. Are you understanding me? Moving from Jerusalem was easy. That was their territory. People knew them. Jesus had worked there. The disciples did not have to struggle in there. They had little resistances here and there. But the Pharisees had been overcome in Jerusalem. Jesus shut them up and said, if you stop this one, stones will speak. So they kept quiet. Nobody could touch these guys in there. But Jesus said, when you become witnesses, I don't want you to just remain in the religious circle in Jerusalem. I want you to break out and go to Judea. And then I want you to break out and go to Samaria. And then I want you to break out and go to the ends of the earth. Now, this, this list of Christ are showing an increase in resistance, increase in carnality, increase in expansion. Yet there is an increase in opposition. Jesus told them, that I'm sending you not to this place, but you are going to go somewhere. 
And if, oh, glory. And even though it's an increase in expansion, you are going to be met with serious opposition. And you are going to be met with the more further away they went from Jerusalem, the more they met people who were carnal. The more they met people who were not spiritual. They met, they met people who did not know about Jesus. For that reason, he said, you cannot carry the anointing I had with you here into this package of witnessing. You have to wait until you are enabled. You are enabled not with eloquence. You are enabled not with theology. You are enabled with power from on high. And the word power there is dunamis, which means his power that is able to replicate himself in other people. So he says, I want you to wait until you receive this ability that can replicate me, my nature in you. Ah, so what Jesus was telling the 120 people is that I am gone. But when you wait and the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there will be a like 120 of me. All of you will do the work I was doing. All of you will do the work I was doing. This was the basis. This was the reason why they had to wait. People just look at this and quote it everywhere. We are going to Jerusalem. We are going to Judea. We are going to Samaria. It was an invitation into a world of ungodliness. It was a progressive witness plan for the years ahead that graduate from your church circles in Jerusalem and go to places where they do not want to hear about me. Go into the Samaritans. Go into the Gentiles. Go far and tell them about this part. How could they witness? How could they witness? The evidence of witness as placed in your team can be understood as the proof of our commission. What is the proof of our commission? What is the proof that we've been sent by somebody greater than all humans? What is the proof? Where is this evidence? Is it Judges chapter 6 verse 13? Gideon cried to the angel and said, Where are the miracles of which our fathers told us of? Where is the proof of it? Where is the proof of it? There's some scripture somewhere in Psalm 74. It says that we do not see our, our ways anymore. We do not, Psalm 74 verse 9. He says we do not see our signs anymore. We do not see our ways anymore. There are no more prophets among us who will know how long this will be. The commission and the assignment to go into Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the world was a commission into a place of increasing carnality and resistance of the gospel. Yet, how can we be witnesses there? And so just, just when they, Acts chapter 2, when they were still gathered together with one accord, <laughs> they had one mind. The Bible says that the enabler came. And, and, and Luke, Luke the physician records it in such great authority skills and says that I saw, I saw, wind coming with a mighty sound and I saw it fill the entire room I saw something fill the room and this is a physician and he's thinking no I saw something and I heard a sound and it was blowing a violent wind a powerful wind and it filled the room 
And then they went and covered them. Go on, go on, go on to the next verse. And then it seemed like fire was resting on the heads of everybody there. And, and it filled them with this power. With this dunamis. With this ability. And so we don't, the Bible does not record the ability of all the 120 of them. But scripture records the ability of Peter. And so immediately, well, all the 120 started speaking in different languages. Unknown tongues. The act of God. I didn't even tell you my sermon title. Oh, the acts of God. The acts of God in our witness. And as these filled them, they began to speak with tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The Holy Spirit came as their equipper. The Holy Spirit came upon them to enable them. And so when they received the Spirit, immediately they had new abilities. I want to prophesy to some people listening to me right now that get ready for new abilities. Get ready for novel opportunities. New abilities are coming. New abilities are coming. New abilities are coming. New abilities are coming. That the, the scope of our witness goes beyond Jerusalem. The scope of our witness goes beyond the church. The scope of our witness Christ needs us in every part of the world. He doesn't need us stuck in the church and doing everything inside the church. But you cannot go there with what is out there. John 9.32, he said, For since the world began, nobody has heard of this. You are supposed to go out into Judea, into Samaria, and all the ends of the world with new abilities. New abilities. So do you know what happened? This was an act of God. When they started speaking in tongues, people who had gathered there, who had ignored the church, Acts chapter 2, verse 5. People who had gathered there, who had ignored the church, who ignored that these people were meeting, who did not consider anything that was going on, when the act of God took place, and people started speaking, Lothrita, Casplady, Hospire, when they started praying in unknown tongues, now all the people who were dwelling at Jerusalem, devout people, out of every nation under heaven, they, when they heard this sound, let's keep going. When they heard this sound, they gathered together. <laughs> they did what? They came together with bewilderment. Verse, I mean, the verse 6 and 7, keep going. Because each one of them heard their language being spoken. So they were confounded, right? And, and, and they gathered together. Utterly amazed. Utterly amazed. And they asked a question. Not until CNN begins to ask the church questions. Then we wouldn't have got, we haven't gotten there yet. Not until Fox News begins to ask questions. Did you, did you hear John 9, the one we read earlier? They called the man and said, what did he do to you? What happened to you when you met him? Not until they start asking these questions to people who come into contact with the church, then know that we are not there yet. 
it doesn't matter what we do. Whether we build the best temples, whether we have the best sound, whether we have 20,000 auditoriums, whether we have private jets, not until what we do has that act of God in it and gives us these abilities outside the scope of human potential, then nobody will give an audience to us. Why would they want to listen to you? What do you have? Why would Elon Musk want to listen to you? Why would Bill Gates want to listen to you? Why? Why would they want to listen to you? But many years ago, an entire nation, an entire nation got on their knees and listened to one young boy called Joseph. <laughs> many years ago. Now, as I'll be teaching you tomorrow, you real, I'll be teaching you about Joseph as a witness, Daniel as a witness, Ruth as a witness, Esther as a witness, that the witness of God for the church has gone away from the scope of our Jerusalem. This is our Jerusalem. And he said, I want you, if, if they had to stay in Jerusalem, they would not have had to wait to be endued with power. Jerusalem knew them. Jerusalem knew them. Go all over the world and see. Pastors that Jesus took. Luke 19, the scripture you read. He said, go and you will find a donkey tied there on which no man has sat. Luke 19, 29. And lose that donkey and bring him to me. And when the owners ask of you, tell them the Lord has need. I feel like preaching now. Gloria Tayakadospea. So when they, those who has those who have held that donkey captive, when they see you untying that donkey, tell them the master has need of them. Now we take this two ways. There are people tied waiting for us to lose them. There are people tied and held through sickness, disease, affliction, whom signs cannot help. What an opportunity for this act of God to come into play and arrest all the media and let them know that truly there is power in the name of Jesus. But today the church has become experts and PhD holders, linguistic professors who go on talking verbosely about things Without any act of God in them. People gather 10,000, 20,000 to hear the wise words of a human being. No power. No power. No act of God. There is no evidence. There is no proof that they are sent people. The church without the act of God looks like an NGO. The church without the acts of God looks like a non-profit just a normal NGO many many pastors many people the Lord the Lord sent for them church pastors today I didn't want to talk about pastors today I think I will not I think I will not because anytime I read the story of the donkey then I, I begin to think that 
we were like that donkey God. He asked them to release us so that he could write us. The witness is about Christ and not about you. Dear pastor, dear prophet, dear apostle, dear bishop, <laughs> dear archbishop, archpope, whatever name you give yourself, remember that they put those clothes down because of he who was riding you and not you. Yet today, many donkeys that God decided chose to ride enjoying the pleasure of walking on those clothing have taken off without the Lord on their back anymore many many of them just going and the Lord is not sitting on them anymore there is no there is no evidence the blind don't see anymore the deaf don't hear anymore the lame does not work anymore. And even that was the first manifestation of this power. And tomorrow, I will let you know that this grace of God has graduated. Yes, no, we are stuck. Acts chapter 3. A church that reflected and reflects the church today was at a place that had a beautiful gate. And Bible says, Acts chapter 3, verse 1, going, that every day they brought a man who was also born lame in his feet and put him in front of the gate so that the people going to church would take from their offertory and give to him. So the man was there and the church had become an NGO that supported the man. Nothing else happened. Now be closing here and continuing tomorrow. But look at this very well. They brought him every day. Every day. And this was another opportunity because here this person had a problem that was out of the scope of human power. He was born lame from the womb. It was nothing a good hand like the blind man. Nothing I could have. One day, Peter and John, they got there. And the guy looked at them and wanted to get some money. So Peter said to him, verse 6, that silver and gold I do not have. Money to give you, in other words, he's trying to say, all I have is my offering. And I can give you the offering. But you will come back tomorrow in your condition. So silver and gold, I don't have. But I have something else. Where is the evidence of our witness? Where is it? How many churches do we have in America? How many do we have in Africa? How many? Where is the evidence? Where? Where are the acts of God in our witness? Where? He says, silver and gold I don't have. I may give it to you, but your condition will remain the same. That man was tied down like that donkey. But he said, such as I have, what do you have? Nobody who has not been enabled can say that. If you have not waited long enough to be endued with his power, you cannot say that. 
He says, such as I have, I give to you. Immediately, the guy got up, he started walking. That was an act of God. Now look at how that triggered a great witness. Verse number nine. Verse eight. All this time, whenever this man came to the church, he never went inside the church temple. All this time. He always stayed outside the gate, waiting for money. The people around that knew him and brought him never entered the church. Never. Until today, look. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went into the temple court, walking and jumping and praising God. For the first time. He decided to join them for the first time. There is no evidence. But when the act of God worked through them for the first time, the people that were writing cor corresponding for money did not think about money anymore. The man that was there for money, when he met the act of God through God's servant, he stopped thinking about money and he ran to the church. That day, I'm sure he put all the money he collected from people, I'm sure he put it in the offering bowl that day. So the church can actually even get more money if we allow God and the power to work. But, now look at verse 9. It was not only him that entered into the church. When, when oh, can we all read it together? Go, what does it say? When all the people saw him, walking and praising God, what happened? They recognized him as the same man who used to say. Okay. Alright, go to the next verse. Okay, I want the part that says that when all the people saw verse 10, they recognized the same man who sat there and were filled with And then 11 says what? While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and they did what? Read that part, read it. And they did what? They came running to where? They came running to the church. All the people that were outside. Oh my God. Jesus. This act of God, one act of God, it was the assigned post of advertisement. This one act of God was a social media post that was boosted. Today we use money to advertise on social media. The church, we go just, oh my God. Jesus. Peter did not go and talk to these many people. No. No, 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 no. He didn't put a signpost and tell people that share, you know, share, come on, share, 20 likes, come on, share 50 times. No. One act of God. The man who was corresponding for money stopped and joined them. Then the people that knew the man, those that were in the area saw and said, my God. Then immediately, and I'll close here, they all entered into the church. Have you seen 
one of the quickest way to fill our temples is to be effective witnesses through the acts of God. My God. Our witness cannot be about ourselves. When they gathered unto Peter, when you look at the verse 12, Peter looked at them and said, Why do you look surprised? Why are you looking surprised? As if by my own power I have done this. Now, can we write the Bible in the terms of African Christianity or American Christianity? And the pastor had just prayed and this person who has never walked over 40 years of his life just had strength in his legs and started walking. And the people ran there. And the pastor would just start, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, praise God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they would start saying, Bishop, 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 wonderful man of God. You're so powerful, powerful man of God. You are a very powerful man. And then he would tell them, share, share, just make sure, make sure you are videoing. Did you get that? Did you? I remember the day I prayed for one woman, the first miracle I saw. A lady who could not walk, a crippled lady, and she walked. Then after the joy, I remembered, oh, we didn't take a picture. How will I show this? So immediately I called somebody, take a phone. No, it's true. I said, take a phone. Then I went to take the clutches that she had stopped using. And then I lifted it like this, and they took the picture. Yes. Because now look at this Peter. And look at this miracle. And people running. Just, just you look at them on social media and think. Just put them in place of Peter and see what they will do. Not until Peter said to them, Why are you so surprised? As if by our power we have done this. Immediately he redirected the whole conversation to Jesus Christ. He said, This the power, this act of God is through Jesus whom you crucified. That day souls were added to the church. Praise the Lord. Today our witness is stained. Stained by the pride of pastors. Our witness is stained by the pride of people. There are no proofs anymore. There are no attestable proofs. The competition Jesus had, the resistance he had, <clears throat> if the church gets it today, our churches will collapse. Because they tried to stop people, but they could not. Because the things he had done was outside the scope of human ability. I'm praying for you and I that as we begin this summit, that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will enable you. You, you, you see, listen, those who have been enabled for Jerusalem, they are enough. The religious witness is enough. The witness, our scope of witness goes beyond the church. How God strategically positioned people to be his witnesses in governments, in politics, in leading armies, in in royal homes how God needs people to be positioned and even now even now that God will position you and I strategically bow down your head wherever you are begin to pray for this enablement pray for this enablement
pray for this enablement. Pray that the Holy Spirit shall enable you. Pray that the Holy Spirit shall enable you. Pray that you begin to do something new. Thank you. Pray that the Holy Spirit shall enable you. Pray that the Holy Spirit shall enable you. There are people who are tied like that donkey. You need to set them loose. The scope of our witness goes beyond Jerusalem. It goes beyond our immediate church. It goes into a place of increasing resistance. Albeit great expansions. It goes into places of great resistance and great carnality. Yet there are great places that need to be harvested for the Lord. And the act of God can do it. One act of God through Peter drew 3,000 people to the church one night. One act of God through Peter and John took the victim to church and the onlookers came to church also. Lord, I commit those listening today into your care. I ask in the name of Jesus. Let, let the difference and the game changer come. Let your Holy Spirit come. I ask that everyone here be uniquely enabled to do new things. To do new things. People who don't know how to sing will begin to sing. People who cannot write to begin to write. People who have failed exams will go and pass them. People who have weaknesses in their life will say, see strength. The sins and the troubles of weaknesses shall leave them. Wombs which have not carried shall carry. Boraka seketeria. Borakataya deria. Mesikan daga daga daga. Satalabayakasute. You are listening to me. You are trusting God that you and your wife will see the fruit of the womb. It shall happen. Maleke sitaya. Leba alekitala. Leba satalaba. Mandagadabayado. So you are listening to me now. And there is this thing you're unable to achieve. Bow down your heads as I pray. Spirit of God, great enabler, come. Great enabler, come. Enable your people. May people sleep and wake up refreshed. Sleep and wake up and you are free of that disease. Sleep and wake up and you have that new ability. Sleep and wake up and you have that new ability. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. Thank you for the witness of your power. In Jesus' name.